Hey everybody, welcome back to the last episode of the 2020 season of Soap Opera for Dudes Digest, a podcast chronicling the real-life drama, emotion, and heartbreak of a fantasy football league in which we obsess over assigning pretend points to real-life football players. I'm your host, Chris Smith, and each week we talk about the big roster moves, upsets, victories, and defeats from the past week in this league, and we will, of course, cover the side bets and any other tomfoolery the managers are up to and what we're looking forward to this coming weekend. Week 16 happened... Uh, we have a champion. This is the recap episode for the season, and it took me 17 episodes to get the intro right. I am firing on all cylinders. Here we go. Um, so it was championship week last week. We had eight uh, teams in the playoffs, including first place in the championship and consolation brackets. Let's talk about it in Ascending order, I guess, or descending order, however you want to picture it. Uh, in the ninth, 10th place game, uh, that's sort of the third, fourth of the consolation bracket, uh, Beach beat me. Uh, Beach uh, beat me 98 to 60. Big blowout there. Uh, the big story for, for Beach's team is that he was very brave and started Nelson Aguilar over uh, Miami, and he hit big. He got 21 points out of the matter. Um, and George Kittle being back and contributing nine for tight end wasn't bad for tight ends. You know, Deontay Johnson against Indy got him 13 points. Essentially, nothing went wrong on his roster, and he got 98, very solid score. Uh, on the other side, everything went wrong for me. Um, story of my season, really, my skill positions combined for about 27 points. None of my big players like Aaron Jones, A.J. Brown, uh, Lev Bell without Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tim Patrick, uh, none of those boom-bust players boomed. And uh, my score definitely showed it. So well done, Beach. Uh, in the consolation bracket for the championship, there the beer bracket win. Derek beat Tom 188. Uh, this was a great matchup. We had Deshaun Watson versus Josh Allen. We had Mike Evans versus Nuke uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, looking across the sheet, it was a very exciting match. Uh, and, you know, Derek took it. Obviously, the score showed and told the tale, but Deshaun Watson with 31 points, Mike Evans with 30 points on the Buccaneers. Uh, Brady and Evans had a great connection last week, and Travis Kelsey with 15 points. I mean, that got Derek off to a fantastic lead, and he, he held his lead. Nothing went wrong, uh, even with Josh Allen getting dropping a 39 for Tom on Monday. Um, you know, much of Tom's roster disappointed a bit, aside from Josh Allen, including uh, Terry McLaurin being hurt and held out with a zero. So um, sometimes it, it it's like that. So congrats to Derek. Uh, hope some beers in the mail or, or something for you, man. Uh, well done. And as Derek said in the chat, he had the third most points overall across the season. Got seventh. Uh, sometimes that's the breaks, but way to dominate the beer bracket, sir. Uh, up in the championship bracket, uh, Drew had a huge win over Scott. A wonderful matchup there. Uh, always exciting. 150 to 108, though. Big, big blowout. 32 points. Or 42 points. Holy moly. Uh, Craig and Colin are probably both glad that Drew wasn't in the finals this week. His roster hit huge on every level. Uh, Tom Brady with 37 points. Devontae Adams. Uh, catching everything, getting uh, 32 points. Even David Johnson uh, surging back late late in the season for the Texans with 25. Uh, Rob Gronkowski with 17. Uh, it's, it's a big, bombastic, explosive score. Dude, well done, Drew. Um, great time to peak. Uh, maybe the second best time to peak. Could have peaked last week. Would have got you in the championship, my dude. But, uh, you know, that's how it is. Scott uh, did himself credit with 32 points from Aaron Rodgers. On the other side of that, Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack. 
uh, or not split, I suppose. Uh, 19 points from Jonathan Taylor, 14 from Dalvin Cook, a pedestrian, 14 points from Dalvin Cook, and 15 from Juju Smith-Schuster. Couldn't catch the rocket ship. That was Drew, 108 points, still a very solid score. Uh, hold your head high, sir. Fourth place is uh, is not bad. This is a very competitive league. And the big championship game, Colin over Craig, 117 to 91. Both the scores were good. Um, you know, nobody had the huge explosion like Drew, but at the same time, uh, it was very consistently solid. So Colin was uh, actually got that win with only a 14-point score from Kyler Murray, who'd been carrying his team, and a six-point score from Tyreek Hill. Uh, a rare miss, or not miss, just down game from Tyreek Hill has been so consistent. But he did have Stephon Diggs, who had 32 points for the Bills on Monday night. Uh, getting him the win, uh, solid roster, got a great score, well done, even, uh, you know, uh, getting, what, 28 from Gaskin, 20 from Cooks on the bench, so could have made even better decisions there on the start sit in hindsight, but hey, gets you a championship, you're not complaining. Uh, Craig was hanging in, but he was definitely behind and needed more from his Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill stack that was so, so, so good for him late in the season. Um, you know, I guess Green Bay just kind of shut that down or they didn't need it or, or something. Um, but, uh, he should have started Jamison Crowdy. Wouldn't have gotten the win necessarily, but, uh, on the Jets, you know, you always, you know, reluctant to start a Jet, but 23 points on his bench. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Fun, fun games, uh, explosive games, exciting games. And out of it, we've got Colin crown the champion, uh, Scott with a, a very worthy second place, and Drew uh, bringing up third place uh, on the podium. So, yeah, and just to recap the shame garment. Really no shame in it, but, uh, you know, Pete, we're trying to figure out what that is. Uh, Pete is last place in the regular season. Highest score of the week was Drew, as we talked about. Lowest score of the week was me. I'll probably do some sort of video and won't talk about it on the podcast uh, because there's no reason to have a podcast after this week. Um, otherwise, transactions of last week. Uh, just have some bells for folks here. Um, I'm going to give it to Craig. Added Antonio Brown for $5. Dropped Christian Kirk. Uh, well done. I thought that was a good one. Um, you know, it, it was a worthy move and Brady was slinging fire. It didn't get him a win, but at the same time, it was definitely a good move move um yeah i don't know derek honorable mention there with the daryl henderson pickup uh before he got hurt uh against the seahawks he was looking like the a number one option on the rams so you know good good pickup there um did i do that right maybe i don't know i'm looking at my notes and i'm getting real confused that was the transaction of this week uh last week i don't know it people did things um Oh, it's all last week. I'm sorry. Where am I? The coffee has suddenly kicked in, and my brain is trying to lap itself or something here. Um, but this past week, leading leading up to the wins uh, and the losses, um, Craig adding Antonio Brown for five bucks, dropping Christian Kirk. Others of note, I mean, I added Le'Veon Bell and Cole Beasley. They didn't work out. Matt added Blake Bortles, which was fun and good, and everybody liked it. Um yeah, I guess otherwise, you know, there's there's not that much to talk about before we go into uh, our interview with the champion Colin. So please stay tuned for that. He uh, had some great things to share about the story of his season uh, and being vice commissioner, what the league looked like this year and going into next year. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, one last thing. 
GIF of the week. Uh, I'm going to give GIF of the week to, uh, you know, I'm going to give it to Colin. He won the league. Might as well win GIF of the week, too. He had a no regrets uh, tattoo GIF that was fantastic. Made me smile. And uh, overall, I just want to say thank you to everybody for, uh, you know, being in on the chat, being in on the league. Um, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's all the more fun when people are... are uh, are committing themselves to at least, you know, be part of the social aspect. Because, again, we do this for fun and for social stuff, uh, not for, for money or trophies or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Been a great 2020 season. Uh, recording this on New Year's Eve, doing a lot of reflecting. Uh, f- reflecting. You know, I, I did so well with the intro, and now uh, I can't talk at all. But I uh, just want to say it's been, it's been an honor being here. Uh, for this season and uh, looking forward to seeing you next season. So please enjoy uh, the interview with Colin and uh, have a great off season, everybody. All right, everybody. You knew it was coming. Uh, we are joined <laughs> by special guest and league champion, 2020 champion, manager Colin. Colin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining. Absolutely. Great to be here. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on an amazing season <laughs> and uh, a big playoff win. Um, I mean, I'd say you peaked at the right time, but you were peaking basically all season. So good yeah. job there. <laughs> um, it, it was a, a much more um, consistent team than I thought I would ever end up with. Yeah. So I was, I was more, pretty happy about that. <laughs> I think more consistent than, you know, we've seen from you in seasons past and, you know, more consistent yeah. than pretty much anybody. So well deserved um Thank you. i guess i mean the point of having you on the show is to, to just have you on the show because <laughs> you know you're great and and you won and and good job um Thanks. but uh yeah i mean this is also i mean it's it's currently new year's eve as we record it's time for mm-hmm. reflection um, yeah we could go back and kind of talk about the season and how you felt about it i mean probably overall yeah. positive i'm guessing given that you <laughs> got your third win here but um yeah, I don't know. Let's um let's jump in. So sure. um I guess starting out, let's let's start with mm-hmm. how it starts. The the draft. Um how did you feel the draft went for you at the time? And then mm. also like as the season evolved, how did it how did you feel about it in hindsight? I mean, Yahoo gave you an A+, but Yahoo grades are trash and they never yeah. mean anything. So, <laughs> just to recap, uh in terms of draft order, uh, mm-hmm. You were in the group of humans uh, yep. at the end with, the end with Drew and Pete and me. Um, mm-hmm. And what, you you drafted 10th out of 12. Yep. Mm-hmm. And escaped major injury, it seems, with your draft picks. Um, part, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, how how'd you feel about it? I mean, I it felt like kind of at the time Nick Chubb might have been a little bit of a reach at the tenth pick. Yeah. Um, especially since he went down with an injury kind of like halfway through the season, but you know, came back and looked just as good as he did before, Such a good he, runner. before he got injured. Yeah, yeah. Like and the Browns just in general looked so much better mm-hmm. this year than we're used to seeing them in years past. But mm-hmm. like he seemed pretty impervious to like good or bad offensive line play. So, yeah. you know, whatever worked. Um, I think like I was supr- a little surprised that Tyreek Hill was still there in, in the second round. Um, yeah. and that was, that was when things started me. That's when I started feeling a little like, you know, this might be, this could be a home run or it could be a bust on me. And right. I just Cause he'd really been so streaky in the past, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And this year he was really ridiculously consistent, which is great for yeah. you. But yeah, like I, 
surprisingly so actually but like yeah it was it was not sort of the the performance that i was expecting out of him and yeah. it was a very pleasant surprise um i started really start thinking that things were going off the rails when i ended up with melvin gordon in the third round that one ugh, looking back on that that was <laughs> it was a it was a reach based on his performance but you know yeah. you, you knew he'd get volume sure he got hurt yeah. um and he wound mm-hmm. up i think towards the end of the season being more like what you expected out of him right yeah but, no, that's true. But I think I did end up cutting him at like week t- nine or 10 or something like that, though, because yes. like it was just like consistent underperformance, just like sort of Denver in general. Um, well, I just kind of yeah. got tired of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think so. looking at my team and like the team results o- over the course of the draft, like I know I'd been burned by Stefan Diggs last year, like expecting really great things and just like getting hosed by Minnesota's very much run heavy approach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, so that part was didn't really make you feel super great. And I was actually hoping for grabbing like either Dak or Russell Wilson. Uh-huh. At, as my QB, just sort of in that spot. But like once I saw the run starting to happen, I kind of felt like I needed to jump on it. Yeah. Well, um, you you got Kyler and he has been awesome for you all season. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, you know, a couple of weird performances kind of at the end there, but mm-hmm. thankfully the rest of my team was starting to pick up a little bit more too. So it was it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah. I'll um, say. Wow. But, so yeah, yeah you like, had you had Chubb, Hill, Gordon, Amari yeah. Cooper who was a good pick mm-hmm. before Dak got hurt. And then yep. when Andy Dalton came back after being hurt again, you know, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. was better for you. But Diggs, yeah. I mean, well, you had a big week from Diggs this past week, so hard hard yeah. to complain there. Yeah. Um, and, like, sort of looking at the back end of my draft, it, like, no one really seemed to stick. Like, and, like, David Montgomery was the only one who stayed on the roster for the rest of the season. Yeah, what a, um, what a fraught like, pick also. I mean, you thought yeah. he got the volume and then, of course, got hurt and Chicago had been so inconsistent. And Yeah. 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 But then, like, the last couple of weeks of the season, like, he just completely turned it on. Like, it was a completely different player, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and. You know, I, I was thinking about this, like, I came so close to dropping him on various occasions, mm. like, just got fed up with, like, getting so much volume and not doing anything with it, and then, yes. like, Chicago benched Nick Foles and Brock Bat benched Trubisky, and somehow yes. that seemed to unlock the potential a little bit more. Yeah, well, Trubisky so, can run, too, so defenses have to cover yeah. more than one threat at a time. Yeah, and, and like definitely much more of like a deep ball thrower too, like yes. much better arm than Nick Foles ever had. So like they couldn't just load up on the line, and you know he also faced a pretty weak slate of defenses afterwards too. So yeah, yeah, it all worked out pretty well. But yeah, like <laughs> I, I was just so close to to dropping him every single week, and I was like, ah, there's I I feel like there's someone better out there, but there kind of wasn't. Like this was a bad year for running backs. It felt like it. It was, and you know, between the injuries, between some of the the volume uh, issues, and and the uncertainty mm-hmm. that's that's been happening all over the board, um, yeah. you know, it, it's been hard to predict. And and looking mm-hmm. at your roster, uh, you drafted really well, and and mm-hmm. I mean that it, you know, both in terms of, you know, I think you made wise picks for the for the spot, but also you got lucky in terms of yeah. like the dice didn't didn't hit you or you know whatever random Mm -hmm. chance and injury didn't didn't really hit you so the core of your roster was able to stay pretty much intact 
for most of the season. Because I, I was looking yeah. before uh, just to prepare for the interview. And, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, you streamed tight ends a little bit and, you know, kickers mm-hmm. and defenses a bit. But in terms mm-hmm. of big roster moves, you know, you're not one of these people like me and Pete making, you know, three moves a week usually. Right. Um, yeah. And you were able to keep things pretty much together, which was yeah cool to see. Yeah. And I think like thinking about kind of where the uncertainty of my roster was coming in, like tight end for sure was just a revolving door of randos yep. for the most part. Like yeah. hopefully I'll get a touchdown out of a deal, but like, you know, I think maybe I cut bait on Gronk a little early, but everybody did. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His early season yeah. was horrible. He was out of shape. They hadn't dialed him into the offense and it was only yeah. later that, um, mm-hmm. you know, anything really happened with him. Yeah. And I think it was like that second running back spot as well, just like turned into a consistent struggle for me. I like, yeah, Chubb was fairly Chubb was fairly was good every time he was on the field. So like mm. that part that part seemed to work out. But it was like who was coming in as that second person? Like, right, Gordon was good but inconsistent. Um, yeah, you finally cut after, him in like what mid November? Yeah, something like that. And like he he started turning it on before again he got good that, again. <laughs> Mm. yeah you know you live you live in Warren but yes. like you know chase the points with McKissick and like a couple other guys that just didn't really pan out and yeah. you know finally things started working out again at the end of the season um but yeah like I will say that I I, I definitely dodged some of the uh the injury bug for sure like looking at the first round and like Christian McCaffrey's been out most of the year Saquon Barkley just got injured in the second week and was just completely hosed after that mm-hmm. like michael thomas did nothing yeah. this season like yeah. shockingly so um zeke so was yeah, really was, inconsistent um yeah, zeke was super inconsistent. joe mixon um mm-hmm. julio was injured as heck yeah um mm-hmm. yeah there were there were a lot of landmines there yeah it seemed like easily 50 percent of that first round just like didn't pan out for anyone Honestly, I'm looking at round two, and that was the case for round two, too. I mean, not to go into it too hard, but like Miles Sanders, injured. George Mm -hmm. Kittle, Mm -hmm. injured for the rest of the season. Kenyon Drake, Mm -hmm. injured for a number of weeks and then slow to come back. Mm -hmm. James Conner, you know, injured and streaky. Austin Mm -hmm. Eckler, out for most of the season. Kenny Galladay, out for most of the season. I mean, like, that's that's Mm -hmm. half the round two. And I'm like honestly, I'm I I was really impressed that Glenn was able to make it into the playoffs when both of his top two picks just like didn't play for most of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. super impressive. I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson at quarterback helped him quite a bit, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, he he made some really good picks later in later in the draft and and also pickups and replacements. I mean, he had Mike Davis, yep. right? So yep, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, volume for volume, but. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, just the draft, I felt very boom-bust at the time. And then as the season started playing out, I was like, oh, this is actually fairly easy for me to just, like, set and forget. Like, this this seemed to work out a little bit better than I thought it was going to. Good so. for you. It's it's, <laughs> it's good to be lucky and good, I think. For right? sure, yeah. Um, so during the season, you talked about RB2s, talked about tight mm-hmm. ends. Um, do you have transactions that, that stood out to you as far as either turning points for you that you're really proud of or mm-hmm. uh, things where you're like, yeah, you have some regrets? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of touched on those a little bit earlier, like 
keeping David Montgomery on the roster, even though he'd been doing nothing for the first 11 weeks of the season. Yeah, like, draft capital, was, you know? That, that felt pretty good. Um, I think picking up Brandon Cooks off the waivers. He was, was awesome for you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seemed to work out pretty well. Like, especially like when Dak went down, Amari Cooper kind of lost some value. And yes. then when Bill O'Brien got fired from the Texans, like yes. Cooks went up again. Yes. <laughs> so that was, that felt pretty good. Um, and then just, Actually, like grabbing J.K. Dobbins after I cut him, and then seeing him traded around and dropped from a bunch of other rosters, and then like just as we started seeing um, the Ravens start leaning on him a little more, I think that was a that was a good, good timing. For me. Yeah, I think everybody's yeah. hoping you know each week to pick him up and that to be the week the Ravens really used him, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So then he got dropped, and then he got picked yep. up by somebody else. It was a rotating door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I mean, I think in terms of regrettable moves, like. There weren't too many. I think like not staying the course with Gronk might have been a little bit of a mistake. Um, like probably should have just banked on him working his way into shape a little bit more. But just you know, I was chasing the points at that stage and wanting to make sure that like the tight end spot yeah. worked out. Well, but, nobody has yeah. the roster space for that. I mean, really, yeah, exactly. to like shell to yeah. have two tight ends this year, like with four spots, yeah. it's just it wasn't going to happen. So yeah, for sure. And like even with that, like Kelsey was sort of tier one and then there is a big gap between him and waller and then a bigger gap between waller and the next group of guys so like yeah i you know if you (laughs) if you found a tight end that was like semi-consistent like i think that was that was a victory 30 40 yards a game maybe a touchdown (laughs) you know you're fine exactly yeah it's like bank on some production but like you're not gonna you're not gonna get good numbers out of that so Yeah, well. <laughs> well, I wonder, um, uh, and and you know, sneak peek in another topic here. But uh, if we yeah. switch to like a half PPR or PPR, I wonder if that the tight end would become more consistent. Maybe, yeah. There, there's something along those lines. Yeah, I, was, I I am always thinking about like the next stage of what the league could look like, and yeah, definitely got some thoughts there. But no, I think in terms of like roster moves, I, it felt like I was making a lot of like transactions. <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily they weren't like in the high value spots per se like no and you know what i did actually is mm-hmm. i opened all of your games in different tabs and i started flipping through <laughs> and your roster was pretty consistent with who you started i think you made a yeah. lot of like stashes um stash mm-hmm. transactions and yeah you'd have like yeah. a rotating spot through flex or something like that but really just yeah. kind of you know you were solid enough where you could count on a lot of it and then yeah. see what hits um Mm -hmm. after that so enviable position you know (laughs) yeah well definitely dodged some bullets in terms of the injury luck so like you know whatever works (laughs) yeah hey and then um you know obviously uh you and craig uh had the best Mm -hmm. record through the regular season i think you beat him by 10 Mm -hmm. points overall so basically nothing um but Mm -hmm. you know we're first place through the season and then going into playoffs you had the bye so really only two playoff games um, mm-hmm. you know, you had a big game against Drew and, mm-hmm. uh, your, your perennial rival there. And then yep. the Craig Scott winner. Um, mm-hmm. did you, you know, how'd you feel about playoffs? Um, did you make any sort of, uh, transactions to grab anybody so they wouldn't be available for anybody else? Like what, uh, how did, tell me about your playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have a specific strategy, but I did, like when I saw Miles Gaskin was playing and coming back for the Dolphins, I was like, I'm just going to grab him and stash him on my injured reserve yeah. just for a little bit, just so like no one else grabs him. Um, 
Miami that was one. weirdly good this year, you know? I yeah, especially given like the rotating door of like quarterbacks, you mm-hmm. know, like they go to Tua and then go back to Fitz and then they have both of them in the game at the same time or yes. something like that. And it, yes. it didn't make any sense. And still they're probably gonna make the playoffs. So, you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphins. Oh boy. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me was like the biggest like strategic shift I made was for the playoffs going with three running backs instead of two mm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of like started off the season thinking like, okay, so I've got my, my three top wide outs and my two good running backs. And I'm just going to ride that structure for the rest of the year. Right. That flex um, really meant wide receiver three for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but like as the season went on and like the folks out that I hung on to started picking up, like Dobbins was more than effective than was more effective than most of the wideouts that were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like between him and Chubb and Montgomery, like that was a solid th- group of three running backs. And yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't pass this up. Like they're guaranteed to get production. So yeah, no, that's, and especially if you're looking for consistency, running back is always yeah. going to be more consistent than wide receiver, you know? Yep. For sure. Yeah. And like, you know, all three of those teams that you mentioned, like Drew's team, Scott's team, and Craig's team, like they're all scary for different reasons. Yes. Um, yes. Like Drew absolutely had like the most mercurial, but like highest potential in their, in like the wide receiver core. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, look at this past week. He scored 150, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if, if Devontae Adams goes off and DK Metcalf remembers that he knows how to catch for, catch footballs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, everything works out, and that's in. If everything hits, then everything hits for him. And then, like, Brady's still solid. And now that he's got some talent around him, he can actually show off his his passing ability again. So, yes. like, yeah, I think I I looked out with Drew's team, just like with Adams just having a weirdly off week yeah. in the semis, and like the Seahawks kind of forgetting how to play offense. Yeah. Over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> it's been weird. I mean, you did yeah. capitalize on their defense, though. Their defense yeah. has been pretty good the past few weeks. Yeah. Like when I saw that Jamal Adams was coming back and feeling pretty healthy, and uh, it was like Carlos Dunlap that they picked up in a trade That's with right. the Bengals. Yeah. And like that started clicking and they started getting more pressure on the quarterback. And I was like, oh, this could actually work out in my favor moving forward. And yeah. like kind of seeing the the rest of the the quarterbacks and offenses that they were going up against, I was like, this could be a good good move down the stretch. Absolutely, yeah. Because Seattle played, uh, I think, the entire NFC East like in a row. And Pretty much, yeah. And then woof. finished it off with the Rams, who are also not looking good right now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, I, like Drew's team was pretty scary. Like looking at Scott's team, like once Jonathan Taylor got turned around again. Oh and, man, like, the Indianapolis running game. What a pickup! Like yeah, and like I was kind of down on the dalvin cook pick that but like i think scott got him third overall and like cook turned into what probably the most consistent and sort of best running back that you could have ended up with this this season so like yeah hard to argue with that um but yeah like and then craig's team with the ryan Tannehill and derrick henry stack like yeah. If that gets rolling, then that gets rolling. Like, yeah, I was late in the season. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Derek and, like, knowing how, scary. <laughs> and just knowing how bad Green Bay's defense was on on a regular basis, I was going to the finals going, I don't know if I can pull this off. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, then Wisconsin winter turned it around for me. So <laughs> yeah, it sure did. And and you did pull it off. I mean, you had a, a you know second highest score of the week uh, after mm-hmm. Drew's just explosion there in the third place game. And yeah, yeah. got got the win handily. So congrats, yeah. man. Thank you. Yeah, great <laughs> yeah it all worked out. For, yeah, it all, all worked out in the end. But yeah, it was, there were definitely some weeks where I was like, I don't know if I I can pull this one out. And then you know Tyree Hill goes off for like fifty points or something <laughs> like that. Or Kyler pulls in like forty five or something along those lines. And I'm like, okay, maybe this worked out better than I thought. <laughs> I'll say so. Well, uh, well done. You're also the very first three time champion in this league. Mm. So congrats to that. Um, we had a couple two-time champions, I think. Uh, I was one of them. Yeah. And yep, you're one of them. Drew's one of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've also had some interesting roller coasters happening. So Pete, worst to first to worst again. <laughs> no, I feel so bad, but it's, it's it's such a fun swing to be watching. Yeah. Like, I, I'm honestly not sure how it happened, but like you know, over the course of this season, just seeing how his picks worked out and some of the transactions that he made is like i understand the thinking yeah and uh, it's just it's brutal to watch sometimes <laughs> it is yeah yeah and then you know you're shooting for that uh you know boomer busts you know situation mm-hmm. and you know more yeah. often it's bust unfortunately yep. yeah well i'm glad he finally got a chance to drop miles sanders from his roster at the very end of the year so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know <laughs> he's he's actually i mean the bad thing is he's been all right the past couple of weeks um but yeah not you know not amazing yeah. and certainly not where he was drafted for so not for sure but i don't think any of us really envisioned carson wentz like falling off a cliff like he did no like, that was shocking yeah like, what a I, fall and then yeah i mean good thing they have a quality quote-unquote backup in in jalen hurts i mean yeah He's yeah, he he looked really good when he came back and came out of the field. And I was like, all right, so this is what the Eagles are going to look like next year. Cool. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it is. Although they have a huge uh, cap issue with Carson Wentz because they have him on a mega contract and yeah. they have hasn't to... even kicked in yet either. Right. Right. Like, so they, yeah, it'll be interesting uh... to see what happens with that. But chances are, you know, if it's if it is like this, that Carson Wentz will be mm-hmm. the QB two, just a really, mm-hmm. really highly paid one. Yeah. Like, honestly, it feels like just cut him now and then give him a chance to go somewhere else. Yeah. And then you like you eat that eat the cap hit early and then maybe you can dig yourself out of it in the next year or two as opposed to just like keeping him around and hoping you find a trade partner, which seems unlikely. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I don't know. We've been talking specifics, but let's let's get a little Mm -hmm. more general here. I mean, so. The league overall, um, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the season, I guess, in terms of, uh, you know, we talked about fantasy football and strategy and whatever, but did you have mm-hmm. any any favorite moments, anything that stuck out with you just with regards to the soap opera that is our league? So videos, <laughs> chats, GIFs, you know? Oh, man. I, I think the videos this year were extra good. Like, I think yeah. everyone being kind of stuck at home kind of forced the creativity out a little bit more. Yes. Um I mean, I will say there are a couple of highlights uh, for sure. Sort of Derek, including all his kiddos in all his videos, yeah. is really fun. I mean, they're, they're around, moment. you know? They're around. <laughs> and they were concerned about the things he was doing to his body. So, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. I, yeah. I would be concerned too. Um, 
let's see, other standouts. Pete's wasabi experience was was yes. quite an adventure. Yeah, those, those are some interesting faces. Um, I will say that your sourdough starter video. Oh my oof. gosh, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I felt gassy just watching that. So it, yeah, it was more. I mean, just knowing that I was gonna really just be burping and farting all night yeah. <laughs> was part of it. Like, honey, I'm gonna sleep on the couch tonight, and trust me, you want this to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think also like the music videos were really fun too. Oh yeah, like, John songs, composing yeah. his Drew's John entire composing. song, Matt doing the entirety of My Way. Um, yeah. with his own lyrics. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just seeing like the, the creativity I felt like kind of took off this year. Like they weren't, it wasn't so much like the gross punishments as it was like, you know, I'm just, I'm committing to this and things are going to work out the way they work out. Here, <laughs> um, here. Yeah. And I really enjoyed sort of like from a personal standpoint, like my challenge with Drew at the end there of like, okay, so loser takes a photo of their of their liquor collection and then the winner creates a drink out of it. Yeah. Uh, I was, was so surprised. I, I wrote that in the email, but that he used <laughs> that much um Campari, but then yeah. a little splash of the speckloose syrup made the entire thing apparently taste like Christmas cookies. And oh yeah. Like mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. When, when I saw that that was still part of his collection, I was like, that is something that I need to include in this recipe. Wisely so. chosen. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, it did also feel like, you know, we were missing some interaction with some of the folks on, on the group, too. Like, yeah. you know, we've got a lot of parents and, yep. you know, paying attention to the chat is hard to do sometimes. Yes. And so... You know, uh, but I did appreciate like the occasional videos popping in from Craig and Glenn's comments here and there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think we, I think we got good participation out of the entire group. So it was nice to see sort of, you know, this is in a lot of ways, I think this is sort of a thing that we all look forward to. Absolutely. And like trying to make sure things are, people are having fun and having good interactions and all that stuff. It's, it's a good thing to keep in mind that like we do this because it's entertainment, not because it's like we're trying to to be cutthroat and win all the time. Yeah, we're not so. we're not playing for money. We're not playing for you know anything like that. It's it's just for fun. Nah. Um, yeah, and I guess that kind of goes into you know I, ever since I joined this league, I've seen that you mm. were the vice commissioner, which is mm. great. I have no <laughs> idea what you do. What is a vice commissioner, and are you in, do you do anything, or is that largely ceremonial? Do you break ties? I I think the big things that I usually do are like evaluating trades that Matt's involved in. Okay. Um, to make sure that they're pretty fair and there's not anything that are unbiased or like anything that we that happens in the league that we're like, hmm, let's let's take another look at this and make sure that we're like approaching this from the right way. Okay. Um, cool. Like a lot, yeah, it's a lot of like sort of being the sanity check on trades um, and then, you know, talking about potential changes to the league and yeah. things that we want to do um, and like, you know, shortening or lengthening benches. I think like adjusting some of the scoring, like Matt and I kind of ping back and forth a little bit to see kind of how things are going to play out there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, it's more about like approving trades and like being that second set of eyes. And yeah, that sort of thing. And so. I guess just so I know, I mean, what's what's the standpoint on trades? I mean, not every trade has to be fair or look fair at the time, right? It just has to yeah. not look like obvious collusion. Is that? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. Like, I think 
the only time I really got involved this year in terms of a trade was when uh, Matt and Derek swapped wide receivers. So like Derek had drafted Michael Thomas and was doing nothing and Matt had picked up Tyler Lockett. Yes. And I think there was like the trade ended up being like Lockett went to Derek and Thomas went to um, Matt. And it was just like, is this on balance kind of a fairest, like fairly assessed trade? Yeah. Um, And, you know, it looked like it, you know, thinking about last year's performance, like Thomas is obviously the better like choice, but he'd been playing very poorly at that stage. Yeah, And he was injured too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Russ was cooking. So like, yeah, having Tyler Lockett seemed like a, a pretty even trade and like, yeah. sure, it might work out later in the season for Matt, but certainly earlier in the season, it was going to benefit Derek. And I think like that's kind of where my head was at. Like uh-huh. this seems like in terms of like the overall effect on both teams, I think this would work out. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yep, that seems fine. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, looking at it on its face, when it happened, I remember thinking, wow, Matt is swindling mm-hmm. Derek, getting Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. What a big win for Matt. And then it turned into yeah. just a horrible deal for Matt. I don't think Thomas ever got going this season. And Derek oh, benefited oh, huge oh. from having, you know, yeah. Ty Lockett uh, during, mm-hmm. especially that first half of the season. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the entire Seahawks offense kind of fell off a cliff a little bit in the second half, but like, yeah hard to predict that and like at that time like Metcalf was rolling Russ was rolling Tyler Lockett was rolling like mm-hmm. everything was working out great for the Seahawks and you know it seemed like a in terms of like actual performance of uh, and at that point of the season seemed like a good trade so yeah, for sure um so I mean I guess getting into the other part of that response in terms of looking at scoring looking at rule changes mm-hmm. looking at where the league is going um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know a lot has yet to be decided for next year. Um, yeah. but can you give us a taste of kind of some things that are being considered or, uh, tweaks yeah. that, that are rattling around in your brain and Matt's and, and what things yeah. are looking like? I mean, I think we're still definitely in like the gathering suggestions mode right now. Oh yeah. Like, trying to see like kind of what's out there, what people are interested in. Like, I like the idea of like some interesting scoring wrinkles. Like yes. there was that year that we did like a defensive individual player, which is actually kind of fun. Oh, that predates um, me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, though. Like that, that might've been like the year or two before you joined the league, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was like, we played around with that for a little bit. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I probably won't try to, I will not resurface the uh, fractional scoring debate again. I think mm. I've done that for multiple years so far and it hasn't really gone anywhere. Um, but I think, you know, thinking about some different scoring methods, like I think I'm a big fan of the half PPR okay. or like, or even like a point per first down kind of a whole scenario. Point? Yeah, that's like a whole points a lot. Like I was that. thinking if we do points for first downs, it's got to be fractional and then we're getting into decimals. Like it's yeah. just, I mean, I think like, I think if we do like only half a point or something like that, that could be a good equalizer as well. Yeah. Like I, I, and I would say that that would be a stat just for like, if it's possible to do that for just running backs, wideouts and tight ends. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to do that for quarterbacks because like, I That's, think they're it gets value, ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And I think their value is pretty accurately represented already. Like I wouldn't want to dial it back to like, I know Yahoo's like standard scoring is for, uh, for a passing touchdown is four points for a quarterback, but rushing touchdowns was six. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. But I think like the way 
the NFL is like, I kind of want to, I, I like the idea of aligning the value of a fantasy player to a val- to the value of a player in the NFL itself. Yeah. So like if you have a quarterback that is pretty accurate and throws a lot of touchdowns, like your team's going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that we should also reflect in our, in our league. Like yeah. That's Aaron a cool way Rogers, of thinking about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you look at Aaron Rodgers, like he's, throwing a ton of touchdowns doesn't really run for any, but like still turned out to be one of the most valuable players in the league. Yeah. And, one of the top and, two yeah, MVP yeah. candidates, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Ho-hum. So like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I, it just undervaluing quarterbacks just seems like a really weird kind of thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when the league is like so focused on quarterback play. Um, yeah. but I mean like the sort of like the half, point per first down or half a point per reception i think that like rewards players who are very consistent yes and like takes away the value of like a home run hitter who does literally nothing else yeah somebody who's just a speedster who might catch like a 70 yard bomb every other game but otherwise doesn't do that much yeah exactly like i think you know that actually makes players like like Michael Thomas on a good year, Stefan Diggs this year, Mm -hmm. like anyone who is consistently able to get open and is looked to a lot, like that makes those, those kinds of players much more valuable. Yeah. Or even the people who are like short yardage, so like James White, Cole Beasley, Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro, some of the people who are like quick, but they're not going to, you know, they're going to get open within 10 yards. Yeah, no, exactly. Like some of those like short yardage guys who are able to like keep the chains moving, but aren't necessarily going to bust out a big play. Like those are, those are, those are important players as well. So yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, I hadn't, I actually had not thought about relative scoring being commensurate with like (laughs) importance in the NFL, but I really like that. And I like that as a yardstick a lot. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, those are like my big ideas for uh, the scoring systems. Like I think, for the most part, we've got things pretty dialed in. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't change too much at this stage. Um, you know, I think there's an ongoing debate about like how big our roster should be and how many like bench spots should we have versus IR spots versus mm-hmm. anything else. Um, but that also, also brings me to like the potential for doing an auction draft. And I know that's something that's been floated at, at various in various forums. It has. The years. <laughs> Um, and like, I've actually done an auction draft on the Yahoo league before. Oh, really? Um, Okay. Like, yeah. So I, I might be one of the only people who's actually given it a shot and seeing, seeing how it works in in general. Mm. Um, but like there, there is definitely still room for auto draft shenanigans. Um, interesting. So the computer does make bids for things, right? Yeah. Okay. They'll make bids. So like the idea is like each person kind of has the opportunity to like, you'll go through like multiple rounds of and like each person who's like assigned gets the opportunity to nominate a player to be auctioned off sure um and like even if you nominate the player you don't necessarily have to bid on that player which is an interesting wrinkle um but i think there are ways to make it move fairly quickly like you can set the amount of time to nominate a player to like 30 seconds and like the bid window is like a minute or something so it's okay. very similar to like it can keep things moving fairly quickly, just like we can do on our end. Yeah, it doesn't uh, have to like be the, like an all day. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. OK, like, yeah. So like it can go. It, you can probably be done with an auction draft in like an hour and a half. OK, two. I mean, that so seems like manageable. It, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think our, our snake drafts generally go for, like, an hour and a half anyway. So, right. like, it's not that big of a difference. And maybe we'll get more people showing up for it. Um, but, yeah, like... How would you feel about the experience? Be, did you enjoy the auction draft? I did. It was it was more stressful, I think, than <laughs> okay. the snake draft. Yeah, because you, you don't have just 16 decisions to make. You have yeah. every decision to make mm-hmm. all the time. And like. Yeah, it's like, do I want to go after this player? Do I think they're going to have a good year? And how much of my budget am I going to like? Am I willing to spend on this? Right. Yeah. And so, like, it's like uh, that constant thought process, which is kind of it's fun and stressful all at once. Um, but I think it it it's got some potential. And like, you know, when you have someone, when you have an auto drafter in there, like sometimes like the really expensive players get really expensive. Like, oh yeah. Spend, like they'll blow like a third of their budget on one person. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes that kind of screws you over later on, but like they might overload on a couple of like really good players and then like have to fill in the gaps elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so what I mean, classic, like, I like DFS strategy. I'm uh, not that I play, much, but yeah. so I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like as, you know, as a, a, a way to sort of shake things up a little bit and, mm-hmm see how things go like i there are plenty of people that are complaining about like picking last in the draft or something like that and like yeah it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily a indicator of success or failure because like i drafted 10th this year and it's all worked out for me yep um but you know at the same time it is nice to be able to say like oh i think dalvin cook's gonna have a really big year and i'm gonna outbid scott for that guy yes um i think that could be that that creates its own sort of like strategy within the strategy Mm. and yeah i think i think that could be a fun wrinkle if people are like willing to carve out the time for it and like we get it on the books early enough like yeah i think i think that could work out pretty well so cool well looking forward to seeing what happens um yeah yeah and uh i guess we'll all it sounds like we're all back for 2021 Mm -hmm. so yeah more more fun to be had for sure yeah um yeah i guess that's that's kind of it as far as my questions do you have anything else you wanted to mention i don't know we want to hop in the emotions corner for a little bit <laughs> sure uh emotions corner you got first place i had the lowest score of the week nothing worked yeah. well for me uh how about you go how are you feeling <laughs> you know honestly like this has been it's I really appreciated the league this year for just like having that regular interaction with the, with the guys. Like, yes, I think that like that social element is something that I don't necessarily value as much as I should. And this was a year that like, I really appreciated having an active chat and a lot of folks just like hopping on email and like talking, like giving each other shit for like stuff that we've been talking about and like on videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this was a reminder that like there's some really great people in this league. And Absolutely. I enjoy hanging out with all y'all and I can't wait to do it in person again at some point. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I, I exactly. hundred uh, percent agreed. Um, yeah. You know, the, the draft, uh, the fantasy football season is something I look forward to all year uh, and mm-hmm. all off season. And so, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel real that it's over yet for me, frankly, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, it will. <laughs> and then I'll just be looking <laughs> ahead to, to next fall. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think um, despite my poor performance this year, uh, it's been a it's been a really fun season. 
and yeah. you know the creativity of the videos the social aspect the competitiveness i think um you know i think the level of play has increased um and you know people are having fun Up but here. also having fun competing and you know mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that so yeah. um yeah oh, no of course overall it's it's been fantastic i just yeah. wish i was better at it oh well <laughs> Well, you'll be back in the playoffs soon enough. I'm yeah, sure. like, we'll you, see. you've had some you've had some good runs. We'll see thus far. So. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Colin, thank you so much for your time and Ooh. congratulations again. I guess uh, you're probably not going to Disneyland with that championship. You're probably just going to your kitchen. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, there's not a, not a lot of places we can go right now. But you know, it's it's still. It does feel good to win every now and then. So. <laughs> totally. Well, uh, I hope that's a good cap on your 2020 and you get to go into yeah. 2021 feeling good. Uh, All right. Have a, have a good new year, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. You good. bet. Always good talking with you. Absolutely. Later. What? D-R-A-M-A. Drama. <laughs> right there. Yep, for